Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. All right, well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. My name is David Bendette, and I'm the senior pastor here together with my wife. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. In just a moment, you're going to actually get to hear from my wife. I had prepared a whole nother message for today. And then last night, my wife said, I think I've got something to say. I said, we are going to hold the train. I want to hear what you have to say today. All right, so with that, let's welcome my wife, Amber Bendette. Good morning. Okay, so I usually don't have a ton to say, but I've been going through, as we all have been, going through a really rough season. So it started in 2020, and we all had like hopeful thoughts that 2021 would be a little different, but it looks like a repeat. Um, so <laughs> I'm not really Sadly. sure. Sadly. But, in the midst of that, the Lord has been doing so much in my heart, and I'm sure the same for you, but I just kind of wanted to share some of my process, and mainly because I felt like the Lord wanted me to, not because I wanted to, okay? <laughs> so, yes, it was a tough year, and my tendency, if you're anything like me, is just to keep pushing through, like just keep plowing, just keep going, keep showing up, don't be a big complainer, be positive, keep thanking the Lord, which is good, but like sometimes it felt like in the last year it was being suppressed, like my frustration was suppressed and my um, issues that I was dealing with in my heart, I was just kind of stuffing them down and just, I want to be spiritually mature, I don't want to be weak, you know, all of those things. So there was one time in worship, uh, it, it probably was a good three weeks ago, when I was just, I know you can relate, but I was just not wanting to come to church. Like, the last thing I wanted to do was come to church. Like, I would have much rather been home, and it was like, I think it was a yucky weather day, which is even better to stay home. So I was just like, I have, I just felt apathetic. I felt like, what's the point? Um, I don't want to just go through the motions anymore, Lord, is what I said to him. But... I just knew I needed to just go. And there's something in just making yourself go. And I know enough to know that when you don't want to go the most, you're supposed to go. And I tell that, you know, I mean, to kids and teenagers and everything. And it works for us as well. So, of course, when I get there, I'm sitting in worship and I'm grumpy. I'm so grumpy. I'm like trying to worship, but I'm like so irritated with life. And um, so I was pushing through and worshiping, and then I just heard the Lord almost audibly say, you're disappointed. And I know that that sounds really simple, and it wouldn't affect some of you, but man, I just started crying. It broke me, because I hadn't been able to put words to the frustration, and I was just so frustrated. I was frustrated with things that hadn't happened yet that I felt like promises from the Lord that felt like they just stopped completely into 2020. Anybody really? <laughs> it just felt like we were going somewhere and then we stopped and we actually went 
down <laughs> or backwards. Like it was just like the exact opposite. So I was just so frustrated and it was like the Lord gave me words. You're disappointed and I just broke. And that's all it took for that morning. So then I went home and I'm still irritated and I know I just need to sit with the Lord. So when he speaks, I know I need to go process with him. I go home, I sit down and I'm, you know, the kids are having their downtime, David's napping, and I'm just like crying out to the Lord like I am disappointed. And I felt like I needed to just say, why am I disappointed? And I had to, I listed the things. I'm disappointed because this hasn't happened. I'm disappointed. I'm just so disappointed that just things hadn't happened the way I thought they should have. Um, and so I just listed them and I was just real and honest and just got it all out, out loud. That's one thing, is out loud. I know that sounds really simple, but like hearing it, you hearing it, and the Lord really hearing it. So I got it out and it's like a weight. I felt like there was a weighted blanket on me and I can still function with weight really well. <laughs> but um, it was like it lifted somewhat. It's not like just because you get it all out, everything's better and you're healed and full and great. But it was the first step because, you know, like even in the Al-Anon program and everything like that, it's like you have to first admit that you have a problem. You have to get it out. Until you get it out and put words to it, um, you can't get anywhere. The Lord can't work with you because you hadn't even gotten out. You're suppressing it. So from that point on, I felt like the Lord was really just wanting to deal with the root because you're not just disappointed for the fun of it. You're, there's a reason why uh, you are disappointed. So there was a root that I needed to deal with. And the thing is, disappointment can be there, the root of disappointment can be you, your fault, your, 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 fault, your wrong expectations, you wanting to have control of your life, you not being happy and feeling like the Lord's handling it right. There's a realm of things of why you can be disappointed, and it could be your doing, because you are not allowing the Lord control of your life. It's not happening in your timing and your way. So that's one way. But then there's a really just crappy truth that stuff hurts and stuff happens to you that you had nothing to do with. So there's two sides of disappointment, and the Lord just wanted me to really deal with what that was. So the main thing I want to say about that is that you have to name it. Name your disappointment. I really feel like a lot of us need to stop and be with the Lord and name why are we disappointed. List the reasons out loud to the Lord. The next step would be give it up. So you have to name it, then give it. It sounds so simple, but I've, I've given the message. It's my life message, the whole beauty for ashes. The Lord promises in Isaiah that he will give you beauty for ashes. If you have your disappointment, you're holding on to it. You won't name it. You won't give it. You're so full of junk in your soul. The Lord can't feel you. You want to be full of overflowing, but you're already full of junk. So he, can't, he cannot do anything with that. We have to be willing to trade. He's wanting to make a trade. 
I've given the message before, and it's, it can apply to anything. Your ashes are anything. Now, this time around, my ashes are disappointment. Like, look, this is really not going well, Lord. I'm really not happy. So I finally had to just give it over, hand it over, make a trade. And what the trade is, he's ready to fill you. He's ready to fill you back up with peace and his promises and hope. So we have to dis define it. The other thing that happens if we don't define it, that it's disappointment and what our disappointment is, then what was happening to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you, is everyone and everything becomes disappointing to you. So if you're holding on to a disappointment and you haven't defined specifically what it is, everything becomes disappointed. Everyone's irritating you. Everything is bad. Anybody? No? <laughs> okay. So it's the first step to just let it go. <laughs> let it go, like Elsa says. Um, so then, as the Lord would have it, this is how he works. Um, so I, I let it go, let it go, gave it to him. He's starting to work with me about the root of the, of the disappointment. And then that night, I would have a dream. So I'll just tell you briefly, dreams can be lengthy and boring sometimes. So, But this is not a boring dream, I promise. You know when people tell you dreams, sometimes it goes too long and you're like, okay, you lost me. Okay, this is really short. <laughs> to the point. Okay, I will just brief on a few things where I was, and I love gardening, love plants, but I was in a garden and this garden was full of like unique things I had never seen before. So I remember there were these vines growing everywhere and they had pear-like vegetables. They weren't fruit and it wasn't a pear, things I hadn't seen. There were green, bright green pumpkins. There were this wheat with berries on them, like things I had never seen before, all speaking of harvest. And there was a huge abundance of these vegetables. And I was just so beyond excited. It takes a lot for me to be excited. I'm pretty streamlined. So it's like, I was like so excited, like really, really smiling, happy, like beyond, beyond excited. I can't portray that more to you. I was like really excited. And so I thought to myself, I have to get something to put all of this harvest in. And I saw a shopping cart, just like the ones the homeless around here have. It was just like that. And I thought to myself I was getting it from the church parking lot. But I was in my, my land. So I got the shopping cart, and I started filling it with all of these unique, this unique harvest. And I just remember specifically in the dream, it was a garden I didn't plant. I didn't know it was there. The year before, nothing grew when I was there. And that year, I just walked out and saw a gigantic, unique harvest of things I'd never seen before. If that isn't the most awesome dream, <laughs> I don't know what is. Because I don't really, a lot of dreams are like, what I tell David in the morning, what in the world? But this one, I was like, OK, yes, yes, you're speaking. So some of the things from that is I feel like it was definitely the Lord giving me my hope back because I had just told him about all of my disappointment. He's ready to encourage. He's just ready for you to give it up. And then he was ready to fill me back in and say, hey, remember, you might not see it now. You didn't even know it was there. And then all of a sudden, it's going to feel like it suddenly. But because you keep staying the course, because you keep believing 
because you keep showing up. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're going to see this. And it was a word for this church because I don't know, the first thing I thought about is unique fruit. Are we not in the most unique church on the face of the earth? <laughs> the people here, I love you all. We're all very unique, very unique. So I was like, wow, unique fruits and vegetables, unique harvest, and then the shopping cart with the homeless. And I haven't forgotten the Lord, the, the word the Lord's given to me. And so I just, I was just blown away by the unique, just details of it. And so with that, I think it was also a reminder of his grace. His grace is empowerment. His grace is something we can't we can't force. We can't make it happen. And in so much of the reason behind our disappointment is because we want to make things happen or we think we have the best route for things to happen. And that's my biggest fault is like, Lord, you know, if this happened, then that I, I think this would be a good way for this to happen. But it's never, ever like that. Ever. <laughs> like if you even have a glimpse of what you think he's going to do next, it's going to not be anything like that. That's just a guarantee. So with, so I've learned all of this, just sharing some really profound wisdom. So like in the garden, it was something I didn't do. And my biggest struggle, I tell David, and I know he's so tired of hearing it, is, but what do I do? I need to do. I need to do something. I know that I need, I know that this is the promise, but what do I do? What are my steps to get there? And I felt like that's a word for the church is, yes, we are to be just consistent and love, it, like love him, depend on his grace, his empowerment. It all comes back to depending on him. It's in our weakness that he is made strong, not in our strength, not in our force, not in our striving, not in our power. It's in our weakness that he is made strong. So the, the garden just popped up on the scene. I didn't till the ground. I didn't dig the holes. I didn't put um, in the soil all the things I'm doing in the natural right now. I didn't do any of those things. It just came up. It felt like a suddenly. So then David reminded me of Romans 5.5. 5. We all know the scripture, but let's put that up. I think I told him the passion. Okay, that's a little font. Okay, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we cannot experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So I love that it hope is not a disappointing fantasy. The real definition for hope is a confident expectancy. So a lot of times we're disappointed because we have this expect expectations of, of things that we're not confident about or things that are wrong expectations, not in the will, not self-serving self expectations. But what, I, what hit me about this verse the most is I know anxiety well. And what, what is the biggest root of anxiety is when hope becomes just a I wish. So when you're wishing 
and you're hoping, but you're doing it more, and I just wish this would happen, but I don't really have a confident expectation that it will. I'm just kind of waiting, I'm just kind of wishing. That's the biggest breeding of anxiety, because you're just wishing on a star. You're just kind of wishing it might happen, but if you have a confident and expectancy that it, you are sure to receive his promise, you are sure you are sure to receive his promise. So it's hope is really just, just faith. Really, hope is faith and trust in the Lord. So if you don't really have true hope and faith, then you're just wishing. And you're just going to have anxiety. You're going to have disappointment. So how do we stay out of disappointment? We keep the hope. We have to have hope. And hope, again, is not just wishing. It's believing and knowing it's going to come. And just trusting the process, trusting the when and the how. It's so hard to do that. But if we don't do that, we find ourselves in, we find ourselves in disappointment. And we stay there. And we find ourselves anxious. And then on the way here, and I'm ending with this because I said I have a few words to say and then you can take over. I am ending this. So, so Psalms 27, 13 just popped up in my head. We, and I was like, of course it would. So it says, yet I, am total, I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again how good you are while I'm still alive. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will not disappoint you. So it's like, okay, Lord, you just drop that into my, you know, it just only it's like heaven for a teacher, like two key words that I'm touching on in a scripture. So anyway, um, the, his hope doesn't disappoint. And if our hope is in him, in his presence, in him being in us, in him fulfilling the promises he's given to us, in his timing, in his way, then we can't, we can't help but just, we won't, we won't be disappointed. There's no way we would be disappointed if our hope is rooted in the truth. So that's all. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.